Actually, no, just pop them on the table, that'd be great. And so, Father God, we give thanks for the, the mums amongst us and our mums too, Lord God. We remember them, we remember them, we give thanks, Lord, that they sowed into our lives. Lord, they gave to us in so many ways. When we were tired, they helped us. When we were hungry, they fed us. When we, when we were scared, they hugged us. And Father, we thank you for our mums. We thank you for all that they've done for us, all they continue to do for us. And Lord, we celebrate, Lord, the, the gift of motherhood today. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you have given in so many ways to us through those who are dear to us, who've loved us so preciously. Bless them today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And I thought, how, could, how on earth could I speak about um, motherhood today, but speak to everybody? Because not everybody's a mum. Firstly, the guys aren't. And secondly, not everybody happens to be a mum. And you know, one of the things that I remember my mum being very good at, she was very good at being vulnerable. And you know, one of the things that I think we miss in society today is a place of vulnerability. Because we think that vulnerability is weakness. Vulnerability is traded off. Well, if you're vulnerable, you're weak. And consequently, if you, you, therefore, we don't want to be weak, so let's not be vulnerable. And, and so I kind of wanted to think about that and think about, okay, could vulnerability be a place of reality? How many times have you had a conversation with somebody and thought, they're not really talking to me? There's a veneer. There's something that's going on here. I remember um, in our church many years ago, before we came to Running Me Christian Fellowship, um, we went to an Anglican church over in Cookham and they shared the peace. And we came to share the peace and Joanna, who was about five foot tall, um, she came across, I knew her quite well, and she took my hand and we shook hands, said, the peace of the Lord be with you. But she kept her head down. I, she didn't look up at me and, okay, I'm much taller than she was, but she never looked at me. And do you know what? As I took her hands, I just didn't feel comfortable with this at all. I said, there's something else going on here. I said, Joanna, can we do that again? Would you look at me? And can we do that again? And I looked into her eyes and I said, the peace of the Lord be with you. And she burst into tears. And I went, oh, oh what have I done? And then she started sharing, and we got to pray. And there was some stuff going on in her life. And I said, but we just shared the peace. You know, you've just gone around lots of people. And she said, well, I, I couldn't talk about it. She said, I didn't really want to. I, and we, don't you sense sometimes there's a place where we put that, that mask on? We put that mask on because we don't want to be real with people. And because we don't want to be real with people, we've got people walking around with masks on all the time. And then they put another mask on the mask. And then another mask on that mask. And so actually deep inside are people who are hurting sometimes. People who have a need to be real. People who need to be vulnerable. You know, is church a place that we can be vulnerable? Absolutely. It ought to be. It's a place where we ought to be able to reach out to someone and say, do you know what, I've had a really rubbish week this week. And actually I need to tell someone. Because, you know, sometimes mums would put the stoic face on, they'd say, everything's okay. I don't know whether you watched anything of, of, of Red Nose Day on Friday, but a couple of things I took out of that for today, where mum said, I didn't have enough money to feed myself and the kids, so I fed the kids. What an amazing sacrifice. What an amazing choice. I didn't have enough money to, to feed everybody and send them to school, so I sent them to school and I fed the kids. Wow, what sacrifice. You know, and the thing about parents, mums and dads, is those sacrifices will often happen in silence, in private. No one will ever see them. They just happen. 
you know, when I start thinking about vulnerability, I find that people kind of start talking about vulnerability and the things that you don't talk about. So I say, well, what's it, what's it like to be vulnerable? We go, oh, well, I know. It's all the, I don't do this and I don't do that. I think, okay, but isn't vulnerability a place of positivity? Isn't vulnerability with God something that we should really be? My mum was, was known as Auntie Jean because she was the all-seeing, all-knowing one. You know, and the check about sanity was, okay, or the check about whether the joke was okay, was, could, was it okay with Auntie Jean? You know, she, she was somehow the barometer of what was, was, what was an okay joke. You know those kind of risky jokes you sometimes tell? I won't tell any this morning. But if it was okay with Auntie Jean, then it was okay with everybody. It wasn't my grandma, it was my, it was my mum. She was the benchmark. I guess because she was a nurse, I don't know, but that's the way it was. But she was also one of those people that sometimes you could be doing something you shouldn't be doing and there'd be a shout upstairs, what are you doing? How do you know? She seemed to be the all-seeing, all-knowing one. Do you know, and I used to try and pretend with her. Say, you know, and she tried to pretend with me sometimes. Do you know, and I learned to be a bit like that with God sometimes. And God, God would say, and I don't know whether you've ever sensed God say to you, how are you today? And it's not a how are you today, it's specifically you. How are you today? And I'm kind of thinking about God talking to me and thinking, I'm okay. And he goes, really? And I think, actually, no, 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 I'm not. And if we can't be real with God, if we can't be vulnerable with God, where can we be vulnerable? And part of the thing for me about vulnerability is that actually it's linked to shame. Because we, we think that we've kind of blown it if we need to be vulnerable. If we've, if we've failed. Who likes failing? See, no one put their hand up. We don't like failing. If you, if, if you got four out of ten and the pass rate was five out of ten and somebody says, what score did you get? You kind of go, oh, um, what's the football scores? Because we don't like failing. We don't like admitting to failure. Uh, because sometimes people will make a bit of a joke of it. And sometimes people will put us down if we're really struggling. And so we don't like failure. And part of the reason we have a sense of shame is because we don't have a sense of worth. And that's exactly where Christ comes in. Because actually we are worth something. We are not worthless. We are worth something. We are worth something so much that God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for you and for me. We are worth something. And once we get that worthiness, then shame goes away. Because actually, I am who I am, and God created me, and he sent his son Jesus to die for me, to pay the price for my sin. So actually, I don't need to be ashamed. Because anything that I've done wrong, I can bring to God, and I can be vulnerable with God, and say, actually, yes, I did do something I shouldn't have done. I'm sorry, God. I repent of that. I turn from that. So I put aside shame because I am worth something. And because I am worth something, then and that's because of who I am in Christ. You know, and vulnerability comes out of a place of uncertainty. So I happened to be in London on Wednesday. And I, was, I, decided, to, I decided to try and do my 10,000 steps on Wednesday. So instead of catching the bus from where I was near Aldwych, across to Waterloo, I decided to walk. That was a God-given appointment because as I walked across Waterloo Bridge, I looked. Across, I thought there's three helicopters in the air. That's a bit strange. 
Oh, why is the traffic all backed up across Waterloo Bridge? Oh, why is Westminster Bridge got blue flashing lights on and nobody's walking across it and nothing's moving? That was Wednesday afternoon. And, you know, and I just, I just happened, you can do what you want with this, but I just happened to walk, walk rather than catch the bus. Thank you, God, for not, let, not, not letting me choose to get on the bus because I'd have sat there for hours. But we, in times of uncertainty, vulnerability rises up. Suddenly we wonder whether we're... It happens. The enemy loves to throw at us stuff that makes us feel uncertain. And in that uncertainty, we wonder sometimes whether we're Christians. I'm going to be vulnerable today. And as your pastor, I'm going to say, there are times when sometimes I wonder whether I'm a Christian. And it's not, it's not doubt. I'm just being vulnerable with you guys because I think I want to model what I'm talking about this morning. Just talk about it. You know, there are sometimes when stuff happens and you, 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 know, you want to go, where is God in this? But that's the place where we then find God again and our faith is deepens and in that uncertainty, our faith goes deeper. I've had people say to me through some of the things that I've been through in my life, Dave, how can you believe there is a God? And do you know what I said? I couldn't have survived through what I've been through without God. So actually, I want to turn it completely upside down. Instead of it saying, where is God? I say, thank you, God, for being there. Because actually, I couldn't have been there without you. And I couldn't have made it without you. And I have to risk and I have to, I have to embrace. So we need to embrace uncertainty, church. We need to embrace uncertainty. Not because uncertainty. I mean, I've heard people say, change is here to stay, so get used to it. And we get so familiar with things, we hold on to things that are, oh, well, I've always sat in this chair. Or I've always got up at two minutes past eight. I don't want to get up at five to eight. So when the clocks change, suddenly our world is turned upside down. You know, there were some things that happened this morning. and We couldn't get into the church computer. It's so easy to get, oh, my world's been turned upside down. Okay, I just want to step into, Lord, help me in this place of uncertainty to find a new place of certainty. Step into faith. You know, so for me, vulnerabilities are also about how we de deal with risk and emotion variability and uncertainty. And often people might describe vulnerability as when I stand up for myself, when I have to ask for help. I mean, how many people like asking for help? Again, nobody. And I'm 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 got my hand down too here. You know, we don't sometimes saying no. We don't like to say no. You know, as Christians, we always feel we ought to help. But, you know, sometimes there is a place to go no. Sometimes that is helpful. I, here's something that somebody said that I was reading about in a book that I'm reading at the moment, you know, about vulnerability. Uh, vulnerability is defined by hearing how much my son wants to make the first chair in the orchestra and encouraging him, knowing that whilst he's probably not going to ha make it, he's not going to actually get there. You know, that place where we want to encourage people, but we don't want to give them false expectations. You know, there's a place where we, like mums, mums, mums wear their heart on their sleeve. You know, vulnerability is trying something new. That's the place of faith. Do you know, actually, faith is a place of vulnerability because it means we go to the edge. We go over the edge. You know, sometimes admitting you're afraid or admitting that, you know, things might not be what you expect it to be. Asking for forgiveness. Think about that one. There's not enough forgiveness in the world, in my opinion. There's too many people walking around with unforgiveness going on, and that hurts in both directions. But you know what? God said, forgive, as I have forgiven you. It says that in the Lord's Prayer. 
So I want to encourage us, church, this Mother's Day to be vulnerable. Think about it. Who was the person who, who, when you were younger, asked you the most difficult questions? It was my mum in my experience. I think probably, if I'm really honest with you, it was my mum who was the first person I ever lied to. There's a place of vulnerability. You know, I, I, I think preparing for this, I thought about it and thought, yeah, do you know what? She's probably the person, first person I lied to. I'm not proud of it, but I did it. We've all done it, haven't we? And so, actually, I want to encourage us to find a place that we would firstly be vulnerable with God. That's the place we need to start. That's the safest place. But, you know, I want to practice vulnerability too. And if we practice vulnerability, that means we do it with one another. So when somebody asks you how you are and you're having, excuse the phrase, a crappy day, tell them. If there's time and space, tell them. But here, if you're going to ask someone, how are you today? Have time for them to give you that answer. I was walking into, a, I think I was, I was heading to catch the train. And there's a, a, couple, a couple who live over the road from us. So I don't know that well. And he was also walking down the road. And we got chatting and we were chatting. And as you chat, you walk slower, don't you? And I was looking at my watch thinking, okay, I'm going to miss my train. Um, and then I got to the end of our road and he was heading towards town and I was heading towards the station. And I said, okay, bye-bye then, nice to see you. And we were having a good chat. Do you know what? I felt the Lord have a word with me later on the train and say, Dave, you didn't need to catch this train. You were in plenty of time, even if you caught the next train. You could have walked all the way into Egham with him, had a chat with him, and still caught a train and still been on time. How many times do we do that? How many times do we do put our own agenda, our own timescales on things, and when God comes along with another opportunity, we go, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have time for that today. Sorry, God, I'm a bit busy right now. Isn't God the God of, who can compress time and stretch time? And Have you not had time change on you? He is the time Lord. For any Doctor Who fans, he is the time Lord. Do you know that is true? He is. So let's not just get to a place of being vulnerable, but let's learn from that place of vulnerability. What does it feel like to be vulnerable? Let me give you an illustration that might help you. If you're halfway across a tightrope, so you've got halfway across, and now you are at a place where you, it's just as far to go forward as it is to go back. That's what it feels like. Julia and I went for a walk down in Cornwall. We were doing a few extra steps. We decided, okay, we're going to walk from Lou on the path towards a place called Polperro. Julia said, there's a coffee shop halfway on the way. When we get there, we'll have a coffee and we'll walk back. What we didn't realise is when we got to the coffee shop, it said four miles back to Lou and two miles on to Polperro. She said, we're walking to Polperro and we'll get the bus back. <laughs> now, there's a point when you get beyond the point of no return where you need to press on. And sometimes that's a place of vulnerability because we need to press on to be who we are, to be called who we are. Do you know when we're all in and we've got nothing left, that's a place of vulnerability because we cry out to God. When there's a lump in your throat, when there's a knot in your chest, that's a place of vulnerability because something's going on. When we go out limb and we step out and we're different, we say, hang on a sec, guys, can we, we, can we pray? Or maybe somebody's telling a joke and say, yeah, I'd rather not, I'd rather not listen to that. I'm, excuse me, I'm just going to go and get a, a, a cup of coffee. 
Or when somebody put, when the TV program comes on, everybody else is watching the TV and saying, you know what, I don't want to watch this. Can we turn it over? They're all places of vulnerability. They don't feel good, but at the time, they're the right things to do. Do you know, and I, I want to bring this back to a bit of scripture, a bit of scripture here in John chapter 19. Jesus is on the cross. And what does he do? And this is, this is him recognising just how much mums are important. On, in John 19, 25, it says, Now there stood at the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. Now, there's a place where mums need children and children need mums. You know, and if you're not a mum, become, a, become an adopted mum. Become a, become a super mum. Become an, a, an auntie. But, but don't, you know, get involved in children's life. I love the way when Charlie turns up at church that everybody engages with him. And he engages with everybody. He's a friend with everybody in church. And that's a tribute to Charlie. But it's also a tribute to us as church. That we are his aunties and uncles. His adopted mums and dads. It's a great place to be. You know, and Jesus recognised there, okay, he was going. His mum, his earthly mum, you know, Mary, needed a son to look after. He said, okay, here is someone I love. Look after him. And I could read to you from 1 Corinthians 13. I'm not Simon. If you just want to put it on in the background, it should play. No, but 1 Corinthians 13 talks about love and talks about love is. And maybe for the mums and the dads and all of us, as people who need to be vulnerable, maybe we could put our name in the place. So when, we, when it says love, we say, Davy's kind, Davy's patient, because I'm not, but I need to be. And that's such a challenging scripture. It's such a challenging thought to say, be different, be vulnerable, be real. Because that's another translation of the word vulnerable. Be real, be ever present, choose to engage today. Because you know, there is nothing that we need to be frightened of. Absolutely nothing we need to be frightened of. I've had friends who've had diagnosed, I've had diagnosed of cancer. When that word gets says, suddenly shutters come down. People don't talk anymore. Oh, you can't talk about the C word. Yeah, I think the statistics now are it's something like one in three of us is likely to engage cancer in some way or other. I don't know whether they are the right statistics. I'm not worried about the statistics. I'm pointing of making is actually it ought to be a word that we just get on and talk about now. Because it's not the death sentence it used to be. And God is still a miracle working God anyway. And God is able to do more than we ask or imagine. And so if you're facing a prognosis, a diagnosis that is not good, let's be vulnerable with one another and say, would you pray for me? Would you pray for me that I'm going to ask God because I need help. I need a miracle. Now, I'm, I'm not talking about me now. I'm talking, you know, that's that place we get to where we at least say, I need prayer. Because then we get people engaged. And then we ask God. And then faith rises up. And then when God answers prayer, faith rises up again. And we build. And we talk about it. And then people say, I want to go to a place. I want to go to a church. I want to go to a meeting. I want to gather with people who believe that if I was sick, they would pray for me. And I'm willing to be that vulnerable to go to a room full of strangers and ask them to pray for me. Because that's what happens in church from time to time. And at the end of uh, 1 Corinthians 13, says, Faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love. Let me pray. Let me pray. Father God, we've explored dimensions of you today.
And Father, well, firstly, we want to just be real with you where we're at. I'm going to pause and leave a moment of silence, and we're just going to talk to you in our own private place. I'm just going to be real with you. Lord, if we need help, we're going to ask you for help right now. Lord, if, Lord, if we need clarity, we're going to ask you for clarity right now. If we need a fresh touch of your love, we're going to ask for that right now. But Lord, we're going to sit in your presence just for a while and allow you to minister to us, because you know us so well. Father God, thank you that you heard our prayer. Thank you that you heard our cry. Father, minister to those, Lord, who are not with us today. Lord, we think of Charlie and the King family as they travel down to Bristol for further meetings with doctors. Lord God, would you be with them? Would you guide the doctor's hands? Would you continue the healing process, Lord God? Father, would you restore skin where skin is not there, where, where teeth are still yet to grow? Lord, would you bring teeth again? Lord, where Charlie is still learning how to do things, Father, would you reprogram his brain, Lord God, in an accelerated way, Lord God, that he would learn and come to a place, Lord, as as uh, of, of just connecting back. So, Father God, we just pray, Lord, for Charlie's brain, for all the synapses that are need need to connect, Lord God, all for the things that are still to be relearned. Father, I pray for an accelerated learning for Charlie, an accelerated healing, Lord God, and a miracle, as he is already a miracle, but continued miracles in his life. Lord, we pray for open doors of provision for them as a family, Lord God, and favour and permission, Lord, too, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay, I'm going to end my what I'm going to share this morning with a video. Now, does anybody remember Lucy? It's a black and white video, so this will not speak to everybody in the room. But the point I want to make is this. This is my learning point out. This is not the point that they're trying to make with this video. But when you get under stress, when you get under pressure, just eat chocolate. What are you doing up here? I thought you were downstairs boxing chocolates. Oh, they kicked me out of there fast. Why? I kept pinching them to see what kind they were. <laughs> this is the fourth department I've been in. Oh. I didn't do so well either. Oh, right, girls. Now, this is your last chance. If one piece of candy gets past you and into the packing room unwrapped, you're fired. Yes, ma'am.